I'm with Adam, K2 Alpha Radio Bravo. You've just come back from Heard Island. What was it like? It was grim. It's a very dark, uh, gray uh, place with some animals that could live without us, uh, but a very interesting experience, I have to say. We were three weeks at, uh, on the island and another three or four weeks at sea. So uh, it was uh, certainly a change from our everyday experience. Uh, and I'm very happy to be home, but I'm very happy that I made the trip. So set the scene for us. Tell us what the what the island looks like. Somebody who hasn't travelled there, I mean, they're, they're picturing an island in the ocean, you know, tropical island with with beaches and, and, and all of that. And of course, that's not Heard Island, right? That's quite true. Heard Island was entirely glaciated until relatively recently in geological time. So there was no opportunity for species to diversify, you know, and nothing like the Galapagos. And uh, so it that being the case, it's largely volcanic, uh, and the surface is made entirely of lava or cinder everywhere you look. And only dur- since the retreat of the glaciers in relatively recent times have plants started to establish themselves. So you don't find any flowering plants at all. You only find uh, uh, mosses, lichens, and something called a kerguelen cabbage. And there are no insects on the island with wings, so they're, they only propagate these plants by the wind. So it's a very sparsely uh, vegetated area. Uh, the only wildlife you'll see will be certain uh, sub-Antarctic birds, and you will see seals and penguins along the beach. Uh, but other than that, it's a rather sparse place, and it's hardly by any stretch of the imagination a tropical island. It's a, really a volcanic, dark volcanic, brooding place covered in overcast most of the time. Uh, very, very strong winds and temperatures hovering around the, just above the freezing point. What's the beach like? The beach is cinder, ash. Uh, it's uh, uh, There's not much in the way of waves. Things that were protected where we were. Uh, on a couple of occasions and probably on the outward uh, beaches, you'll have a very strong surf. There's a very strong prevailing wind from the, uh, from the west. Uh, uh, there's no sunbathing. Uh, you certainly don't want to compete for space with the seals and penguins. Uh, I think probably the most enjoyable experience was, uh, um, aside from the amateur radio, was uh, interacting with the wildlife. Uh, the uh, penguins are fantastic. Uh, the first day we arrived and we were putting up our antennas, the penguins came over a quarter of a mile to visit with us and look around. And occasionally, if we were doing anything that uh, seemed interesting, they would wander over and communicate with us. Uh, it was all in all a very interesting experience, but not something that would you would do for a vacation. Tell us about the smells. I would say the predominant smell would be from the wildlife. There was no vegetation to smell, and there's no uh, man-made uh, smell. There's uh, We're so far from humanity, there's no pollution or smog or anything like that. Uh, I guess there would be a there was a, certainly a smell a maritime smell from the sea air you know from the salt air that you would experience in any beachfront area. Um, there was um, there was a lot of sound, a lot of wind. Um, so you, a, a, when you went to bed at night, you would hear the sound of the wind flat you know beating against the tent. And we had very large uh, vortices coming down from the mountaintops into our campsite, which was at a low point on the island. And we also heard the uh, penguins communicating with each other all night long. There was a chant between the penguins on the beach and the penguins in the rookery. And we also heard the male seals, you know, establishing their territory, calling out uh, in the night. So it was a very interesting sound. Then, of course, there's the background noise of a generator operating 24 days, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
And uh, then, of course, in the background, you have guys calling. Uh, f- this is uh, VK0EK listening 5 to 10 down, QRZ. So there was those kinds of sounds, those kinds of experiences. What's your fondest memory? I think it's funny. The thing you remember, there are a number of fondest memories. And they certainly arriving on the island. It, it was something out of a Gothic novel, this overcast, dark island with nothing but lava and huge waterfalls coming down from the melting glaciers. It was really something uh, from uh, science fiction. Um, I remember very fondly little things, uh, going out at 2 o'clock in the morning to refuel the generators in the rain and snow and sleet with some of the guys. You know, it's a very intense experience in which you're both focused on a task. Um, I would say my best memories are interacting with the crew. Uh, certainly, we made a few. Lo- I took a few long walks across the island uh, that were quite memorable. Um, uh, one morning, I went out, and there was a storm overnight that had broken up one of the glaciers that calved into the ocean, and the uh, dark black cinder beach was covered with a uh, with a, a, a thousand little uh, icebergs, a thousand little pieces of ice that gleamed in the sun like like uh, diamonds it was as if someone had taken a diamond and thrown them on a cloth tablecloth it was a very very beautiful so there were a lot of little moments that made up for the experience and uh, uh, the sailing voyage was also very interesting we had a first-rate crew of New Zealanders uh, who uh, really knew their business and when you're on even when you're on a working vacation like this one uh, there's something very enjoyable about being people who were at work. So we weren't all, not everybody there uh, was uh, relaxing on the road to and from. There were, there were people who were really first-class mariners, and I've been at sea, going to sea for over 40 years, and I have never worked with a crew as professional as the Braveheart crew, and they attended to all our needs, brought us fuel, brought us water, brought us food, and uh, made it possible, really. Uh, we didn't have a helicopter, so everything had to be brought in by sea, and uh, that uh, their, their ability to manage that made life a lot easier. I'm very happy to be back in civilization, though. I, I have to tell you, nothing like a beer and a Diet Coke and a, a steak. Uh, but I really, as a hammer, being going on a de-expedition is something I'd always looked forward to. I've worked in Antarctica for two seasons where I had plenty of pileups, uh, but it was a working experience, and that was just something to blow off a little steam. This going on a de-expedition is something I'd thought about since I was you know, 12 years old and I got my first amateur radio lessons. And uh, so I'm very pleased that I've got a chance to check that off my list of things I wanted to do in my life. And uh, uh, next time I go on a de-expedition, though, there'll be more people and uh, there'll be women and there'll be uh, restaurants and there'll be things like that. But I think, I, I think I've exhausted my, uh, the uh, sub-Antarctic island experience um, for the time being. Until I, until I remember, until I forget this and go on to the next one. And you're going to go to the Northern Hemisphere, maybe? Well, I'd like to go to the Arctic. You know, having spent six months in Antarctica on a base, uh, I'd like to go to uh, North Pole sometime. So that might be something, an opportunity for further uh, vacationing. I'm about to go uh, for two weeks in Europe with my daughter, who's a student studying in Prague. So we're going to, I'm going to recharge my batteries with some family. Thank you so very much for your time. Pleasure, Otto. So this was Adam K2ARB. Yes. You're listening to News West.